0: Born on a mountain top in Tennessee, Greenest state in the land of the free. Raised in the woods, so he knew every tree. Killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett.
1: Got lots more talent for you to see, Mr. Cooper. Uh, our boys have learned how to hit a few people. <laughs> if we can only teach them which team to hit. I got a bet for you. I'll refinance you for one year. You have to go from zero to seven wins, or you lose the team.
2: Hey, Charlie, I wanna hang on to that team, but you're digging my grave
1: get that Yugoslavian mule that kicks 100-yard soccer goals. Might be worth a look, if it's for real.
0: Ah-ha-ha! You might have come up with a winner, hey? Ready, Gus?
2: <laughs> the story of the year has got to be this amazing California Adams team and their miracle mule, Gus.
0: This is a point.
2: far, Now we're going all the way. Welcome, everyone, to a farm-friendly episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teats, and it is my inevitable pleasure to welcome back to the show...
1: Kyra Huggins. Hey.
2: For those of you that came back after last week's episode...
1: God bless you.
2: God bless us, everyone. We have a better episode for you. Not that last week's was bad, it was just, it was not...
1: The episode wasn't bad, the movie was
2: bad. There we go, thank you. I was (laughs) trying to figure figure a way out of my hole that I was digging myself in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I got you. Thank you. I'm pretty good at digging holes, but every once in a while I can get out of one.
2: Yes. So, for those of you who are completely lost because you decided to start your Disney listening on this episode, we are discussing the... July 7th, 1976, Don Knotts, Tim Conway, Dick Van Patten movie known as Gus. This movie actually made $21.87 million at the box office, which is $114.1 million in today's which is really good for Disney. I don't think we've had too many that are actually over $100 million at this point in today's money. And as I let y'all know last week, this was one of my favorite movies growing up, mainly because I'm a football freak, and I'm not afraid to let that freak flag fly. (laughs) Freak flag fly. There we go.
1: (laughs) You don't want to fry it.
2: (laughs) So I had watched this probably every time that it came on, bits and pieces here. This was my first time sitting down to watch entirety in mini Kyra. What was your, is this your first time watching it or was this another one that was in the rotation?
1: This is one I had never heard of or seen, um, which I think is the case for a lot of um, (laughs) like a lot of the live action Disney movies from, you know, before like probably 1990 I didn't know much about because I grew up on the animated classics. So um, yeah I'd never seen this or heard of it and um, so today actually was the first and only time I've ever seen it.
2: Oh well welcome to the wonderful world of sports. Sports ball. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah the football (laughs) aspect of it was kind of fun. I had to like let some things go so that I could enjoy it. Um, But it was fun enough. Okay. All right.
2: Well, we actually have a rather short synopsis, which comes to us care of Wikipedia. So I'm just going to go ahead and drop it in right now. It says, The California Adams were the worst team in the NFL and had not won a game in years. Ha- team owner Hank Cooper is deeply in debt to two bookies named Charles Gwynn and Cal Wilson. When Cooper tells him that he cannot pay his debts, the bookies give him the last chance bet. If they win the Super Bowl, all, get, all debts will be forgiven, but if they do not win, Gwen and Wilson will take ownership of the team. Desperate to draw in fans, the owner looks for a great halftime show. His secretary tells a story of, his, of her parents' Yugoslavian newspaper about Gus, a mule who could play football. After Gus is a hit at his first halftime show, Cooper and Venner decide to put him in the game as a place kicker. The Adams go on to win their next few games thanks to Gus and move into first place in their division. Gwen and Wilson, realizing their deal with Cooper is backfiring, hire two incompetent criminals named Crankcase and Spinner to stop Gus from playing and make the team lose. Crankcase and Spinner cause the Adams to lose two games, but they still make the playoffs. With the Adams headed to the Super Bowl, Spinner and Crankcase steal Gus and replace him with just an ordinary. At the Super Bowl, Gus's handler, Andy, Andy, quickly realizes the Gus he has is not Gus, and he and Cooper leave by helicopter to search for him. When the two criminals watch the game on TV, Gus goes wild and escapes. A long slapstick chase sequence ensues, Ending with Spinner and Crankcase being apprehended, and Gus being airlifted to the Super Bowl and helping Andy and the Adams win the game in the fourth quarter. The end. And meanwhile, Kyra is laughing with her mute on. Am I muted? Well, I just—I I looked up as I was re, as I was reading it, and I'm just seeing your <laughs> grin getting bigger and bigger and bigger.
1: Um. Yeah, I just. Like, I was just laughing because, um, like, the bad guys in this movie, I had no idea what their names were until we were just reading that. It's <laughs> was like, oh, no, this one and that one, and Tim Conway and Dick Van Patten. Like, I didn't bother to learn their names, which I'm sorry. Like, I should be better about that, but whatever. Um, okay. But then uh, Long Slapstick Chase really got me because Disney pre, like – I don't know, 1980, loved a good long slapstick chase. Yes. Although this one was really, um, I mean, we'll get to it, but it was like less of a chase and more of like a kerfuffle.
2: That is a very good word for this. I, (laughs) It, it had been years since I had watched it and I think I forgot about the whole chase sequence, even though I had read the synopsis when I was, getting ready for it but i mean this is my idea of a good disney movie there there's there's no other way to say it and the fact that it has been reworked to be used with a dog on airbud and i mean it and that's another disney movie that we will get to in about 5 years we're getting there but it's I laughed, and my wife actually was sitting watching the movie, half-watching. She was trying to take notes on a project that she was working on. But she looked up every time that I laughed, and she saw what was funny. And it was enjoyable for somebody just to, like, drift in and out of. It wasn't something that you had to really pay attention to unless you're sitting there trying to take copious notes like I was.
1: Yeah. So... My first impression, like, the movie ends, um, I kind of was thinking, like, that was fun enough, Um, and like, I just thought, I don't know if that was, it wasn't a bad movie at all, but I was undecided if I thought it was good initially, Um, but now that I'm like, thinking more about it, I'm like, okay, yeah, like, from that perspective of like, this is a good, fun movie to have on in the background, like, you don't have to pay super close attention to it like I was today, then it's like <laughs> perfect. Like you said, like taking notes, um, you have to pay a lot of close attention, but, um, yeah, if I just had it on in the background, it's like the perfect movie for that. Cause you yeah. can get enough with the plots and like catch some jokes and not have to be like super not invested, but like you have to pay super close attention to enjoy it.
2: So, now, I've already already got a nit to pick with this movie, because in the synopsis it said that Gus knew how to play football. Technically, he knew how to play football. Soccer, yeah. Not football American. So, and Andy, when he brought him out for the half, or, for the reporters was like, well, I don't know if this is going to work. He doesn't know how to kick one of these balls. So I was like, how is football actually football? Mm -hmm. But I mean, once again, I'm picking at a movie that just because I'm trying to figure things out and I probably shouldn't dig that deep into the movie.
1: Mm, Listen, if you love this movie, you're allowed to, um, and I say this um, with authority because I do it to Twister <laughs> 17 times a year.
2: <laughs> so will you be doing it to Twister too, Electric Boogaloo?
1: Oh, we'll see.
2: It is not a Disney movie, unfortunately, because it's a universal movie.
1: Yeah. I mean, I will. But that's
2: a, that is another of my favorite movies that yeah, I can well... watch anytime it's on.
1: We will um, not cover it on this podcast, but if Twister 2 is any good or any bad, yeah, I'll probably rip it apart lovingly <laughs> every time I watch it. Um, but we're here to talk about Cud. Yes. So cute.
2: Now, did you notice that they actually had several big name football people in this movie, of no. which two of the three got to keep their names?
1: No, because I didn't know, I mean, I just wasn't aware at all, just pure ignorance. But um, only because I, like, read a couple of quick little, um, like, write-ups about this movie, I knew that there were some, like, news personalities, I think, Mm -hmm. that themselves, or sportscasters, I guess.
2: Yeah, it was Johnny Unitas and Dick Enberg got to keep their names. But Dick Butkus, which may be the reason why he didn't get to keep his name since this is a Disney movie, was playing a guy by the name of Cargill. I don't remember what his first name was.
1: Um, I have it. I have it. I have it.
2: Rob. Rob. Rob Cargill. And he was the secretary's love interest at the beginning of the movie, but was not the secretary's love interest at the end of the movie.
1: Yeah. Well, he doesn't stay her love interest for very long. No, um, He doesn't, like, ah, uh, sorry, this is like a liberal buzzword, but like that toxic masculinity, like this is a classic <laughs> example of it, because he just cannot let his woman go. His, in quotation marks.
2: I thought you were going to say woman, in quotation marks. His woman. No,
1: his. <laughs> his, <laughs> quote, unquote, woman. He just stays mad and aggressive and Anyways, um, I was kind of surprised when I pushed play and instead of like the three minute exposition song during the opening credits, we get a cold open um, of soccer. And that establishes for us that Andy's father is never going to be proud of this, of his son, because he's forever going to live in his soccer star brother's shadow.
2: Yes, which is the first thing that we find out andy's the younger brother who can't play soccer worth a yep and that that actually comes up just about every time that the dad gets interviewed despite the fact that his son is loved and adored by millions and millions and millions of fans as is shown later on But Dad's like, well, all he does is hold it with one finger. So is the finger the hero, or is he the hero?
1: Yeah. Here's the hero. Just a complete jerk Mm. throughout. Mm. Um, But, like, so since we didn't get an opening song, and we get this little, like, cold open um, with some exposition instead, um, we didn't get opening credits in the traditional way that we get them, which... um, I I think now that I'm thinking about it, it's amusing. But in the moment, the way these opening credits were done was jarring and distracting to me. Um, because while we've established that Andy can't play soccer and he lives in his brother's shadow, now we have to um, learn about the NFL, the uh, fictional NFL team, the Adams, A-T-O-M-S, not A-D-A-M-S. And um, I thought this was a really interesting way to do the credits where it's like coach Don Knotts um, (laughs) is talking with the team owner about all of like how bad they are, basically. And they're watching game footage of each player. And it's like, here's the beginning of a folly and then it pauses and gives us a few seconds of credits, and then it cuts back to Don Knotts, and there's some more talking, and then another um, player playing badly. Stop. More credits. <laughs> repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, <laughs> interesting way to do the credits. It made it feel like it took a year to get through the credits, because like just when you think it's over, and like, there's no more credits... Then there's another one that pops up that's like the producer's name, and that by the time I got to that, I just cracked up because it's like I thought we were done with it. Yeah. Um, I think I was annoyed in the moment, but now I'm thinking about it, it's very funny.
2: See, it you it, you have to let it sit and marinate in order for it to show its greatness.
1: Yeah, like it it was just jarring and I was confused for a minute, <laughs> um, and then like having their conversation broken up distracted me a little, but. Um. Yeah, interesting and funny now that I'm thinking about it.
2: Yeah, and so we get introduced to the Adams. Worst team in football, even worse than the Jacksonville Jaguars from two years ago because they had not won a game in, I think it said, quite a long time. And the way that they were playing was very obvious as to why. Because when your kicker is the best player and he goes into retirement because he's been assaulted by his teammates when he kicks a field goal, that kind of shows you how bad you're... And the badness extends to the band. And the cheerleaders. Now, I laughed so hard when the band... The, okay, so so we've got the Atomettes because I mean obviously you can't have any other name other than that for the cheerleaders. And there's this one who I guess is the head cheerleader, and she starts doing flippy doos and flippy doos, and she she does a
1: back handspring into the drum,
2: and <laughs> the and this was after some other calamity had shown that the band. Wasn't even playing their own music, but instead it's a record on a record player that was very covertly hidden until the drum goes rolling off and knocks it off its hinges. And then you're like, oh my gosh, these people. Yeah, there is nothing good about this team, except for Tim Conway, uh, except for Don.
1: I have a question. Um, Did NFL teams actually have bands at any time? Because, like, college team (sighs) NFL, maybe they just throw that in there. Although you hear the band playing through some of the football scenes later on, so.
2: I don't think. All right, hold on. I'm trying to. They may not have a full band, but I know that they have something because when the Washington Commanders were the Redskins – Whenever they scored a touchdown, they would play their theme song. So I don't know if that was canned or if at one time they actually had a live band. Mm. I mean, we're talking thirty years ago, and anything was possible back.
1: Yeah, I I just I wondered that while I was watching. Like, is that a thing? Um, but yeah, they're they're just bad. It's all bad. And then like Mr. Cooper, the um, owner, the team owner, is like got some debts to pay off or something and he's like for some reason trying to hold on to this team even though they're so bad i think
2: i yeah and (laughs) his and his debts are from gambling it looks like which is something that would actually raise his ugly head about 10 years later in baseball because pete rose was kicked out for betting so i don't know if he was going to the track on a friday night instead of watching the adams play And that's where he racked up all this debt, Mm. but he couldn't pay it. So yeah, they, they have their first preseason game and Gus comes over and wows the crowd in the middle of a 41 to nothing loss to the Browns.
1: Yeah. It's funny to me that, um, that was their plan to turn things around was to get a good halftime act instead of like investing in their team and trying to help them be better. Yeah. And if they're this bad, how did they get recruited into the NFL? But we're not supposed to think about that. Um. <laughs> well,
2: but with most, <laughs> with most expansion teams, they aren't good the first few years. And they may have been good at one time and just are in a constant rebuilding mode, which is what... NFL coaches say when they don't win for several don't win the big game for several years
1: yeah that sounds like um <laughs> like the Oklahoma City Thunder um <laughs> I'm a big fan always love the Thunder um but we've been in a rebuilding year for like five years and um <laughs> like since we lost Russell Westbrook and also like OU football right now but also OSU It's always a rebuilding year if you're playing bad. (laughs) Yes. Anyways.
2: So the bet was originally that they had to win half of their games, which this was a 14-game season and they had to win seven. But the bookies like, well, no, let's go ahead and make this really interesting. Y'all win the Super Bowl and we'll just wave everything. And I don't know if I would have actually Accept that bet, if it wouldn't have been a Disney movie,
1: yeah, it sets them up, I mean, like they're clearly already the underdogs, but it gives yeah. some like stakes to their underdoggedness, I guess, for them to make a comeback, I guess, um so yeah, like where were we? uh Gus is an amazing kicker, and they like <sighs> so weird, they decide they're gonna play him,
2: yeah, so. And this, this is this is where the movie kind of falls apart because the horse, I'm sorry, the mule somehow has a helmet, <laughs> but uh, like 20 seconds later, he doesn't have a helmet, and he has a uniform that has been custom made for him. And Andy's number is the same number as Gus's, except as a double zero. Mm-hmm. which I believe that's actually a penalty because you can't have the same number on the field at the same time because in college, you can have an offensive number zero and a defensive number zero, but never the twins shall meet. And you do occasionally have penalties where a guy runs on the field and you actually hear it called illegal substitution.
1: Well... But I don't know about that, but what I do know about is, as you said, Gus has a helmet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Andy mysteriously does not have a helmet in this one, like first scene, and mm-hmm. actually through a lot of his like time on the field, he's not wearing a helmet. Um, but like you said, in the very next shot, Gus's helmet is magically gone. Mm-hmm. Um, it cracked me up. <laughs> I had to pause it so I could write it down. Um, I love a continuity error like that. But like um they've like got him playing on a technicality because there's no definition in the playbook for what player could be.
2: Yeah. Um Rule five, section one, does not define the word player.
1: So uh I thought it was kind of funny that um like somehow Gus kicking field goals turns the entire team around. Um, they start winning is it just because he's kicking that they're winning
2: yeah because when the talent scout or whatever the guy that decides to actually get him on the field set goes out to watch him he says he's kicking a hundred yard field goal and then the next thing that we see is he gets hit by a line drive kick and he's like, but his accuracy at 110 is not so good. Yeah. And so, backing up, they bring him over as a halftime specialty novelty one-off act. And somehow the sparks fly between the secretary and Andy. Well, it's actually because Gus plays sick. And then all of a sudden the, doc- the vet comes out. And she has to break her date with Mr. Butkus and as soon as the vet gets there he's fine.
1: Yeah it's like implied. Yeah that and so that-
2: and so he's like well in my country when date canceled date canceled Mhm. and so they go on a date so obviously Mr. Butkus and the secretary were not going steady because I think that was the term back in the 70s.
1: Yeah they weren't exclusive.
2: Yes there we go. And so they end up going to the drive-in movie, and we get Jaws from the 007 movies crawling out of the top of a beetle.
1: Uh, okay. So when this, so uh, Cargill, Butkus, whatever, like is like determined to find them, he's gonna interrupt their date and beat up Andy, I guess. Yeah. Um. Uh, so he like sees this steamed up VW, which made me laugh I don't know why because I was like I kind of want to watch The Love Bug now Um, but when he comes out of the top of that car and like is so big and tall and like intimidating to this giant football player like linebacker uh, I did not know him from any 007 movies I recognized him as um, a character in the Adam Sandler classic Happy Gilmore yes And I was delighted.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So he crawls out and you pretty much see Cargill just back up and back away because he doesn't want to get beat up by a seven foot tall monster, which would not reflect well on him being a linebacker for the hapless Adams. And we fast forward to the actual first game of the season where we get... Where we get Gus making his regular season debut, and it's Pepper Potts and Johnny Unitas, and Pepper is talking up a million miles, and you never get to hear Johnny Unitas say anything unless... Pepper's taking a drink of water or Johnny actually grabs the microphone to announce something like Rule 5, Section 1 does not define the word player. So the way that they got, that they started winning is they didn't have to punt the ball because they had the 100-yard accuracy. And so they would just, they'd take three kneel downs, I think, and just kick. And the other team would have to drive down the field and whatever. Mm -hmm. And so you start seeing the headlines they win and it's it's basically another adam sandler movie happy or um waterboy and we're just getting all the good adam sandler movies in tonight
1: yeah let's talk about that um (laughs) so um uh at some point like those are they bookies like the bad um I, i thought bookie was the right word but i wasn't confident yeah Like, I don't know that much about gambling or any of that. But, like, they realize they're in trouble as long as uh, Gus keeps playing. And so, like, there's numerous schemes to to interfere. Um, I guess we'll get into them as we go along. But, like, they are, like, sensing danger to their Mm -hmm. plans and start to interfere.
2: Yes, and once again, we have Dick Van Patten raise his sleazeball head.
1: Yes, he's so good at these characters. Um, they have hired a fake driver who is Tim Conway. Um,
2: who I who, believe is cr- the Crank Case of Crank yeah. and whatever.
1: Yeah, I didn't know his name until like almost at the end of the movie, but um, yeah, he's like supposed to drive Andy and Gus, and he intentionally gets them lost. They miss the game. It's a mess. Um, this is when I realized or i think i looked it up but like tim conway and don Knotts do not have a single scene together in this movie Hmm. and it's the only one of their movies together that that happens wow and and really when you think about it don Knotts isn't really in this movie that much just pulled in here and there but um i thought that was interesting like i wonder if it would have been a different movie if they had interacted but there's really no reason for them to i guess
2: Or maybe if instead of having Andy as the handler of Gus, if you had Tim Conway play in the hand, Mm -hmm. so there would have been more interaction between the two of them.
1: Yeah, but then we would, so there's like the whole, um, he's from Yugoslavia and his dad hates him basically because he's not his brother. Mm -hmm. And then, um, they're like side plot romance with, um, Debbie, Debbie. Is that her name Debbie? Yes, Debbie. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there's one of my favorite Don Knotts moments in this movie is where they're like getting like a little pep talk on the sideline, and um, I don't even know what he's saying, but like they all put their hands in to like one two three team or whatever, and <laughs> Gus is like, hoofed. it's obviously yeah. not a real mule, but um, but kind of pops in there into the little. Um, I don't know what you call that hand stack Puddle. <laughs> hand stack does hand stack.
2: Like... <laughs> we'll, hey, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs>
1: Whatever that's called when they do that. There's <laughs> Gus's foot ends up in it, and Don knots like does this excellent eye roll. It's like chef's kiss. Just super funny. He's just like I can't believe this.
2: Yeah, and so of course. They keep winning, and this all leads to Sunday being the gust day. And then we have a callback to a drunk Herbie.
1: Yes, they, like, sneak into his stall and pour what I think is vodka. Yeah,
2: that's what what I was thinking, but I don't know. I'm going to see if I can see it.
1: They get him drunk, regardless. Um, he shows up to his own little celebration, extremely and obviously tipsy. And it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, of course, in real life, that's not the case. But um, it's like I can't believe that they showed that. Oh, no, they didn't put it in his water. They dumped it over his oats.
2: And so after they lose their second game, the bookie's like, well how about I just go ahead and buy you out? We'll just go ahead and call it even. I'll buy you out. We'll be done. And Ed Asner, who is the owner of the team, Mm -hmm. says, you never switch mules in the middle of a shave. (laughs) And that cracked me up. I don't know why.
1: Is that a real? No. Anything? No. (laughs) Um, the interaction of like the main bookie, I don't remember his name, and uh, Mr. Cooper was funny. Like, it, it, I I thought it was kind of interesting to see them constantly talking throughout the movie because you think you're not talking to the guy that's trying to like mm-hmm. screw you out of your football team, but they're just in constant contact. It seems.
2: Mm-hmm. And so after they lose the second game they decide to put Gus under lockdown and well, hold on. Wait. Some sometime during that during this Mr. Butt gets traded to the Michigan mammoths.
1: Oh, because he like they've gone on a winning streak mm-hmm. and um as they're getting off the plane Debbie runs past him to Andy and gives him a big old kiss. Mm -hmm. And um, then it's clear that Cargill has it out for Andy and attacks him during a game.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Not before Gus kicks him through the field, through through the um, goalposts, which is silly. But, uh, yeah, he gets traded.
2: Yeah, and so once again... The bad guys are seeing the good guys start to win. And they decide, well, we know that Andy's got a girl. So let's go ahead and use that to our advantage. We don't try to kidnap the the mule. We'll take care of him. And so they call and say, well, don't come down to the hospital knowing that Andy's worried about her and he's going to show up. And... Mr. Cunningham, I can't, I cannot for the life of me remember what Mr. Cunningham off of Happy Days' real name is.
1: But he's the doctor, right? Yeah,
2: he's the he's one the, of the, the he's he's doc. the fake doctor that was Spinner. He was the one that wasn't being played by Tim Connolly, obviously. Right. So he's he takes him in, tells him to get dressed or get dressed into the hospital gown because they need to get a blood transfusion.
1: Poor Andy, like is he really this dumb or is he just like unaware of like how things work in America? I don't know, but um I guess you're not supposed to, supposed to think about that.
2: Yeah, but and How do
1: you keep believing this guy?
2: And so he's like, "Well, what's your blood type?" I don't know. "Well, that'll be fine. We'll we'll use it." Yeah. And so they and so they take his they take his clothes, throw them down the laundry chute, and Tim Conway's outside standing sentinel, making sure that nobody comes in, and Nurse Ratchet comes up and tries to get in, and Tim Conway makes a comment about him being cuckoo and there was a comment about dumbo for some reason and then at this point andy sticks his head out and says i have to get the game and the nurse is like oh yeah yeah whatever and just lets him go on his way and so the next thing that we see is andy trying to tie bed sheets together
1: and out the window
2: yeah or that's what we're led to believe because then we hear a Wilhelm scream and Tim Conway comes in and gets stuck in the window and Andy runs out in his hospital gown, which this is the only hospital gown that I've ever seen that has not flapped open in the back. Yeah. When you're running away.
1: It's basically just like a dress. Like there's no opening, which good for us, I guess, yeah. viewers. But um, yeah, it's like... I I don't know. The hospital scene, I, I think I was just having a hard time, like, paying attention. There's, like, some weird skeleton. Oh, he like <laughs> an X-ray machine, and so there's, like, a, you can see them fighting. Like, it, that was silly. Like, I wish I hadn't
2: seen that part. And uh, for some, well, for some reason, first of all, there was a cat in the X-ray room.
1: Right. Why is a cat in the hospital?
2: Unless it's, unless it's working with doctors. It's a whole, totally different movie we won't get into and then yeah so mr cunningham comes in hits the button andy's x-ray flashes up on the screen which once again that's not how x-rays work because i mean but disney and so he turns around sees him somehow leaves the x-ray machine and nobody dies from radiation exposure from the two-minute fight okay
1: That was very loud.
2: Well, that just shows that we've been going on for a long time for recording.
1: Ah, listener, sorry, but if you need the reminder, take your meds. (laughs) Um, so, yeah, there's, like, this whole fight scene, or not fight scene, but, like, Andy's trying to get out here. They're trying to keep him from escaping, Mm -hmm. uh, so that he's not at the game, so that Gus can't play. It's, like, the whole end game of it, um... The fake doctor goes down the laundry chute, which that was kind of funny. Um, but then poor Andy, like, arrives to the game. Does he arrive? But he, like, shows up just in time um, that Debbie has taken his place. Mm-hmm. And they win the game. And he's like, I'm that replaceable? Yeah. can do my job. Maybe my dad's right.
2: Yeah. And so he gets ready and hops on the next airline back but not before he had a few fans come up and ask for his autograph Mm -hmm. which should have shown him that he wasn't just the finger that held the ball
1: yeah he's like inspirational and so like while he has decided to run away and go home to Yugoslavia um which like dude you didn't even like sell your mule to this guy you're just like gonna leave him yeah. Come on, um. But like Gus becomes ill, yeah, because he misses Andy. Like, and it, like it's pretty clear right away. Like, he's not going to get better until Andy comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, which then leads Debbie to chase Andy to the airport. Which I like these like airport scenes <laughs> uh, where it's like I've got to catch him before he gets on the plane or she whatever. Um, in this case, it's he. And they confess their feelings, although she doesn't directly yeah It's just like you gotta come back like you can't just leave and
2: and then you're left thinking that he actually gets on the plane because we cut it at to Ed asner talking to Debbie, and somehow Andy has snuck into wherever the wherever Mr. Asner is,
1: yeah, I think it's like in his home
2: i or it might be at the um Farm or whatever. Yeah. And so, happiness ensues. The next game, Gus kicks 14 field goals, which that's 42 points. Mass hard.
1: <sighs> I'm like, wow, he's kicking that many field Like, are they getting any touchdowns? No. Or is Gus carrying no. the
2: team? Gus is carrying the team because there is never a touchdown scored. He- so, I mean that mule could kick and so somehow they win without scoring a single touchdown during the entire football season and make it to the super bowl where surprise surprise they're taking in mammoths
0: mm-hmm. as
2: we kind of figured when checkoffs butt kiss is traded <laughs> to them
1: and he's it, still kicked about debbie
2: yeah man just get over it <laughs> And so they decide, well, we're just going to try to kidnap the mule one more time. But we're going to do a good old bait and switch.
1: Yeah, this, like, I, I honestly didn't see this coming. Um, They, like, they've got Gus and Andy kind of not in police protective custody, but, like, they're keeping them guarded um mm-hmm. to to try to keep these guys from interfering, but they're able to deduce where they're staying and um they like distract Andy and his driver or security guy or whatever and switch out the mules um which gets to like this is where it really gets fun um to me like because the two guys tim Conway um and the other guy, Tim Conway, and the other one is like the only way I was thinking of them the whole time I was watching this. Um, but they like they get him in switched in the trailer and then take Gus into their hotel.
2: Yes, which is which,
1: where the begins.
2: And they requested two twin beds, and I don't know if these are California twins because these are like king-size California king-size beds that both of them are sleeping on yeah because Tim Conway lays down and the next thing that you hear is the mattress squeak (laughs) and he asks Tom Bosley because I just looked it up if he was in the bed with him and he's like no and he rolls over and there's Gus laid out snoring
1: the whole mule is in the bed with him that's not a twin-size bed
2: no definitely not a twin-size bed so, somehow they kidnapped him the night before the Super Bowl, and one and so the next morning everybody gets up, everything they think is fine, and the mule just gets transported to the Super Bowl, and I think it was the opening kickoff, because now Gus is on kickoff duty, which I think this is the first time we've ever seen him kick off. yeah. I would think they would have a kicker in in residence, so that way the only thing that the mule is doing is kicking hundred yard field goals, because it's a waste of a leg, because you only got so many good kicks in you. Yeah. But anyway, so, once again, I'm not I'm overthinking the movie.
1: <laughs> well, uh, maybe not so much. I was like, they get you know to the game, they're getting ready to get started, and I'm like. Andy says something to Cooper that's basically like, I don't know, he doesn't seem quite himself. Like, Andy, that's not your mule. How do you not know this?
2: Yeah, he said he thought he had put on a few pounds.
1: Yeah, like, he knows something's up, but he's just like, what? I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, something's off. Like, come on, dude. It's your, like, best friend, so how do you not know? But, I mean, whatever.
2: Yeah, and so... They go out for the kickoff, and the mule doesn't want to kick. And so Andy goes up and rubs his head, and that's when we find out that it's a mule with a paint job.
1: But when he says the word, um, the baddies are watching this football game in their hotel room with Gus, who hears the magic word. And kicks the TV so violently that it just like flies back and there's, it's destroyed. And, um, there, the guys are like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> he's Yeah. All fine.
2: Yeah. And so the chase scene, which probably in any other movie would not have worked because it was a good 15 minute chase scene mm-hmm. ensues. But I was loving it just because you had Tim Conway doing physical comedy and Tom Bosley who does not do physical comedy doing physical comedy Mm -hmm. and they're chasing him through a Ralph's supermarket and I was there was way too much destruction of that Ralph's for it to even still be standing with with as much as got knocked over. And it was some kind of like big celebration for the for the Ralphs because you had this one poor worker that was running around doing everything. And every time that he turned around, whatever he was doing had been knocked over. Mm-hmm. And then you have Tim Conley thinking he has the mule, only to find one of the state college weightlifters has ended up in South, Southern California. From the strongest man in the world.
1: Yes. He mistakenly grabs, uh, like his girlfriend's shoe or something <laughs> under the counter thinking it's Gus's foot. Yeah. It's silly. Like, so this whole, um, grocery store scene, I, I missed that It was Ralph's, but yeah, this entire sequence, um, was really fun. Uh, like, like, it didn't make sense. Cause I just yeah. kept where are the employees? Like, why aren't, why is no one trying to get this mule out of this store? <laughs> um, except for the two goons. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, a, it's a mess. A lot of slapstick. It, this is why I said in the beginning, like it was really less of a chase and more of just a big mess. That yeah. um, was really fun. Like when I had seen in the synopsis, a long slapstick chase mm-hmm. like, Oh boy, we get so many of those with these Disney movies. But then when I got to it, I was like, Oh, this is way better than a long chase scene. Yes. Cause it's just like visual gag after visual gag. is super fun.
2: Yeah. And so that in itself made the, made that part of the movie, not drag on, even though, I mean, it was a good ten to fifteen minutes of the movie.
1: Yeah, it like that's it's a long scene, um, but it's one of the ones where it's like, you kind of, it occurs to you this might be going on too long, but you're having so much fun that you just mm-hmm. are able to be like, yeah, whatever.
2: Yeah, and so eventually, Gus escapes Skinner and Crankcase and runs out and. Andy somehow is. Tim and Ed Asner just happen to be flying over that particular Ralph mm-hmm. and see the horse or see the mule. I don't know why I keep wanting to call Gus a horse.
1: He looks kind of like a horse. Well, I guess they're closely related. But yeah, I kept thinking of the same thing and I made it the mistake in my notes.
2: <laughs> and so they just happen to fly over and Andy looks down and he's like, uh, Boss, I think we found the. I think we found Gus.
1: Yeah. I thought it was funny that they are, like, just let's, we got to find this. They paused the whole Super Bowl for them to go find Gus.
2: No, they didn't pause the Super Bowl. Oh,
1: they didn't? I thought they stopped the game. The
2: game was still going on, and the other team was scoring points.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Now I feel silly. I really thought they, I was like, why would they pause the game? But they didn't. They didn't stop the game. Okay,
2: <laughs> And so, as they're going on, the next thing you know, we've got, somehow they rig up a harness, which didn't make sense, and airlifted him out of the Ralph's parking lot, and they fly over the Colosseum, which I'm pretty sure is a no-fly zone, and just sit down in the middle, well, they touch down... First let Gus out of his harness, and then they actually touch down the helicopter. So Andy can get out. Yeah, so Andy can get out, and Ed Asner can get out and run over to the sidelines. And then Gus starts turning into a kicking machine.
1: Mm -hmm. So I maybe wasn't paying close enough attention at the beginning (laughs) of the Super Bowl, but when we come back to it, it's just a giant mud puddle was yeah. it and it wasn't raining
2: right well, no the the game started and it was i think the monsoon from tedakoon Tete- from Metacumbe decided to make its way over to california cuz it was very bad rain and then all of a sudden the sky just clears and birds start singing and
1: and they're just left in a football field of literal mud. just mud yeah. Um, yeah. Which are
2: sometimes the best games is when it's been raining and you get a good mud bowl going.
1: Yeah. Because nobody it's, can
2: tackle, and then it's like 73 to 68 or something.
1: The mud, like, does actually, like, play a role mm-hmm. in what happens next. Like, Gus is going crazy. Kick, kick, kick. Score, score, score. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
2: The You're... Itchy and Scratchy Show. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's like they're about caught up or maybe they're in the Lena, it's almost over. But um Gus needs to kick the ball one more time. This is so weird and funny to me. But like he slips and misses Allegedly.
2: Somehow...
1: Well, I don't know. And and it's like looking like Cargill's like about to... he's like out for revenge still. And so Gus slips misses the kick. How does he pass the ball? to andy
2: i mean the physics on the ball squirting into people's hands is very unrealistic but at this point in time we've watched a mule kick 75 field goals during the season so disney
1: yeah, it's like Disney magic. I was a little confused about um, like the rules here because I was thinking like that ball is down, it was in the air, and now it's down. Maybe they should have started another play there, but also okay. maybe maybe I'm wrong. It was like a loose ball.
2: Yeah, the the if it's if it's college and a player actually touches the ball, then it's down. But in the pros, if the ball is touched. As long as they, as long as the player isn't touched, the ball, the play continues.
1: Okay. So I was not clear about that. And I thought, why are they still like, I was still going, but that, that makes it clear as mud. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Haha. See what I did there?
0: Yeah.
1: It's a very muddy game and it's shockingly sunny. I guess it is California. So maybe it's still sunny there while they're playing this game. But, um, Andy gets his hands on the ball and um, mysteriously seems to run in the wrong direction at first. I was like confused about that. Still loose ball. And he ends up scoring a touchdown with Cargill like hot on his heels. Like why didn't he just tackle him? He was close enough to grab his shirt. He could have taken him down, but that, then we wouldn't have the happy ending that we want.
2: So. Well, but see, with that, the ball, I mean, he tried to tackle him in a pretty much ripped off Andy shirt. Showing that Andy did not have on any pads. Yeah. Which is another whole issue with the movie, but what can we say?
1: Yeah, and he's not wearing a helmet either.
2: Yeah, which technically would make him an illegal player, but.
1: I wonder if they're like somehow counting, this makes no sense, I guess we're not supposed to think about it, but (laughs) I wonder if they're like somehow counting Andy and Gus as one player, because he's just supposed to hold the ball
2: well no because in a field goal you have the you have the place you have the place kicker and the holder because it used to be the the holder was the quarterback but i mean in, Gu- in guss it's his handler but anyway so the adams win because they scored their first touchdown in 117 seasons <laughs>
1: And it was Andy, and it was an accident. Yes, he ran real fast.
2: Yes, that boy was a running foe. <laughs> um, th-
1: there's like celebrations. Don Knotts like passes out, and they're getting yeah. out smelling salts, which made me laugh. Oh boy, and that's that's it. Um, <laughs> Dig Van Patton, old DVP, and the other one whose <laughs> name oops. I have no idea are just like stunned. And oops, they lost. And, and, then, did,
2: and did you notice how quickly everybody left the stadium?
1: Only on the one side, because then we cut to um, another, like, it's Gus on the field. Everybody's talking to him, and, like, it's a, there's a whole crowd behind him. So yeah. maybe just the one side, like the losing side cleared out yeah. so fast. And then it ends super abruptly, just yes. the end on Gus's face.
2: Yeah, so a good time was had by all.
1: Um, yeah, this movie surprised me, like, there were a couple moments where I think I paused it, um, just in places where it was like, I need to get up, um, and get a drink or, you know, whatever. And I didn't do the thing I usually do when that happens of like how much time is left in this. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was having too much fun.
2: Well, and see, I, I was hoping that you would enjoy it. Because I know you are a football fan, even though you your teams aren't doing as well as some other teams, which we will not mention.
1: <laughs> oh, you know, I, I'm good. I was, like, real sad to watch OSU lose recently, but um, that's part of being an OSU fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're used to it.
2: <laughs> well, since you have started a new journal, Is there anything else that needs to be picked up and thrown at this one?
1: Um, not really. Okay. I just, it was fun. Oh, we didn't mention that Gus, like, throws Tim Conway into, like, an eight-foot-tall cake in that grocery store.
2: Yeah, the, the, there was, there was an eight-foot-tall cake. There was, like, a six-foot-tall can.
1: Like, Pyramid.
2: Pyramid uh tom bosley got thrown into a vat of live lobsters and surprisingly none of them actually bit him on the nose which was what you would expect
1: yeah i mean they weren't really live lobsters but (laughs) Um, i mean there's like one that's propped up on his shoulder and it's so obviously not real that it made me laugh but you're not supposed to notice that
2: yeah all right. Well, we will go ahead and transition into the three important questions. How is this? What is today's impact on the movie? I should know these questions after 120 plus episodes. Um,
1: you know, today's impact, like, if they did this again, which I guess, like you said, they kind of did with Airbud. Um, like you just have to let that part of it go. Liberal, yeah. whatever. There's a mule playing football. Mm-hmm. It would have to have more women in the cast. Um, mm-hmm. Probably a little more diversity. Although, like, there are some like minority. Like, there's different races popping in here and there, but none of them are main characters. Yeah. I'm not sure they'd change that. Um, I'd like to actually. It might be fun to see this with like current um personalities
2: yeah like troy aikman doing commentary and
1: yeah Yeah. i'd love you know who'd be great for it joe testatore um i love him mostly from holy moly but then i've got to like watch him call some football games and he's Hmm. like i just really like him i'd love to see him in this
0: okay
2: well i mean it, it would it would be an interesting movie to see recast and with Disney doing all the remakes, I wouldn't put it past them to give us a Gus 2 in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad, I guess. Or maybe not Gus 2, but like a reimagining.
2: Mm-hmm. I'd like it. Yeah, I would too.
1: Yeah, I had pretty low expectations of this movie. But then when I got <laughs> into it, I was like, this is pretty cute, actually. I see why you liked it as a kid.
2: Well, is this movie mirrored in culture? No, we don't see mules out kicking field goals or even halftime show attractions. How does it fit into today's society? It's fun. It's slapstick. There isn't anything that's not politically incorrect about it.
1: No. No, there's, I mean, you could almost say, like, I don't know if I want to say it's a perfect movie, but, like, there's nothing wrong with it, really.
2: Yeah. Although we did actually have a swear word.
1: What? I missed it.
2: Well, they were talking about the mule and called it what it really was. Oh, yeah. A J A.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, Yeah, I guess for 1970s Disney, that's a big one. Yeah. It didn't even register. Usually I would notice something like that and be like, not scandalized, but just like, what? Disney? Is this rated G?
2: Yeah, but that, that was that was the only thing that actually I mean if it if it were today's movie it would be rated PG, it'd probably have a few more swears, just to keep things relevant, I guess. But it I don't see where this movie wouldn't fit. Yeah. There's n- it's pretty much a perfect movie in my opinion.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, obviously it's no Robin Hood, but <sighs>
1: <laughs> Um, no, there's there's not a thing wrong with it, really. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we've had a few little moments here and there. We've been like, okay, what about this? And there is that like glaring continuity error where he doesn't have his helmet, but like that happens in movies all the time. Get over it, Kyra.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have a Starbucks coffee cup sitting in Game of Thrones. Wait, but- what? <sighs> You did. You didn't hear about Daenerys sitting with a cup of Starbucks coffee. No. Yes. That's Talk about hilarious. continuity.
1: Well, I don't watch that, so I no. would probably miss it. But like, this is also reminding me of um, our conversation with Jackie Naman Jones and all the like hilarious, mm-hmm. like, purposeful continuity errors in that movie. Monos.
2: Yes. Yeah. And for those of you who have no clue what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode 100. You will have a great time listening to it, and it was a great first interview for the show.
1: Yeah, that was fun. All right. Also fun is your thoughts on Gus. We want to know them.
2: Yes. And as always, you can reach us at Be kind, Rewind DMP. The DMP, as always, stands for Disney Movie Podcast. Um, We always leave you with homework, which makes people jerk back now that school is almost out for the break. But this next one is another favorite of mine. This is the original Freaky Friday. So that one is... We're getting almost to the end of 1976, so we're getting close to the first Star Wars movie. I know. I'm I'm scared.
1: Yeah. That feels like a big one to talk about. We'll have, yeah. We may have to, Yay. like, well, we can talk about this later, but yeah, yikes. Star Wars.
2: Yeah. So th- this one is the very end of 76, and we also had a couple of other movies that were released around that same time. One of them is The Many Adventures of Winnie, P- Winnie the Pooh. And The Tale of Two Critters, which I have no clue about that. But that's your next couple of movies to watch. As always, we love feedback, so drop us a line. Let us know how you felt about Gus. Let us know if you went back and listened to episode 100, what you felt about that. Or if you're a new listener and you just came in to see your first episode, tell us how you found us. We'd love to hear from you. Disney, uh, yeah, Dmp at gmail.com, and we will read your email on another episode. But it's that time. So until we speak again, stay safe, stay hungry, and watch out for mules with a paint (laughs) job. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye welcome to the wonderful world of sports sports ball